anyone who's religious and can't admit that they might be wrong, I feel like I can't trust that person. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Molly Glover, Nick Glover, and Tim Wick. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks. Geeks Without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we are discussing The Righteous Gemstones, a series available on HBO Max. Season 2 just dropped, but we're talking about Season 1, and we're going to spoil the shit out of it. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I am your host, Molly Glover, joined as always by my co-hosts, Tim Wick. Praise Jesus. And Nick Glover. Hallelujah. Oh, praise be to he. Uh, <laughs> we are here. We, we have not been converted. Don't worry. We didn't do 500 episodes and then lose the plot. Uh, we are here to talk about the HBO Max series, The Righteous Gemstones. Uh, this is a Danny McBride joint. It is fantastic. It's got John Goodman, Danny McBride, uh, a bunch of other people that I, I will eventually name as we go. Uh, Adam Devine, who was in Workaholics, yeah. uh, uh, a bunch of uh, Cassidy Freeman, you might recognize, Walter Goggins, Skylar Gazondo. Uh, there's a ton of great uh, people. Edie Patterson, who I did not know before this. Uh, she's, so, she's great in the show. Yeah, so we're going to spoil the shit out of season one of the righteous gemstones. Now I'm just going to tell you briefly, if you haven't heard of this, this is a show about a televangelist family. They are wealthy beyond all reason. Uh, they are a legacy family in that the, uh, now deceased mother of the family, uh, was a child televangelist star from a televangelist family. So this is like a generational wealth thing. They are from South Carolina and they are everything that you hate about televangelism. Oh yeah. If that's, if that's not enough to make you go want to go watch it, it's filthy. It's it's dark. Uh, it's got a great twisty plot, and there's it's some, available to stream. There's some kind of like noir mystery. Yeah, yeah. There's some good mystery. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I uh, really go check it out before we ruin it. Super dark. You. It's really I, dark. I mean, these I, people are fucking slime bags. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, it's interesting that so when Molly and I watched this, it was coming out weekly in episodes. Yep, yep. Tim, you caught up and just watched the first season kind of all at all at once. I did. I hadn't heard of it at all until you brought so, it up. So there's so many moments where we were left not knowing like who is doing what we were in left that hanging show for a week. That you got those answers like kind of kind of faster, like more instant gratification. So I'm wondering if if that was a different experience at all oh i hate i hate waiting so um <laughs> so i don't know if it was a different i mean it had to be a different experience yeah because it was like oh i want to know what's what's going to happen next let's let's go check it out i was yeah. con- i was convinced um is it amy lee the mom who uh, the who, mom is amy lee yeah we don't we don't meet until like a special episode that's kind of like the Christmas episode from the latest Ted yeah. Lasso season, yeah. Yeah. season in that it's sort of standalone. I was convinced that she was going to be the worst of the lot and we were going to meet her oh. and we were just going to be, oh, this is where all the awfulness comes from. It's like, no, she was a sweetheart. Um, yeah, she was the real deal, like an actual and, Christian. And manipulated to shit by her fucking asshole of a brother. And, um, 
you know, it, it, it just, it, it, it was um, not what I expected there. But yeah. uh, <clears throat> other than that, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed going, oh, fuck, what happens next? <laughs> yeah. We can find out. Um, so, so season one, uh, the, the crux of the plot is uh, the uh, Jesse Gemstone, who is the eldest son of Dr. Eli Gemstone, who's that's John Goodman. And so Danny McBride plays Jesse Gemstone. Uh, he's married. He's got three sons. And uh, he is Abraham being- Gideon and Pontius. Yes, yes. And and he is being uh, blackmailed because there is a tape of him at a religious uh, retreat with his with his guys, with his buds. And they are doing blow and they got hookers. And it's the whole the whole thing is recorded like it is like a, a camera on a table and they are doing blow right in the camera, like faces, voices. It's very clear what's happening. Uh, so he decides that they're going to uh, basically like thwart these blackmailers and and steal back the tape and some other things. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it turns out that the blackmail is being committed by one by his eldest son, Gideon, yep. yeah. uh, who has been in California working as a stuntman trying to get away from his family and realizes that they can blackmail them uh, with, with this, this tape with that, this video. That, that he that he got. And uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> but I mean, there's more to it than I mean, that yeah. that's that's like the main plot that's in right? the opening episode. But then there's all sorts of shit going down with his uh, with his youngest son, with Eli's youngest son, Kelvin, uh, who is not uh, at all like friend of the show, Kelvin Hatley. Um, no, no. But and that's Adam other, Devine. The only other Kelvin I know. Uh, and he, Kelvin has this amazing sexual tension with his uh his sort of live-in, um, saved, former <laughs> Satanist housemate. <laughs> yeah. His his name is Keith with an Keith, F. K E F E Keith. Keith Chambers. Yeah. And that fucking hair. And, and he's, he's very got, much like a surfer boy. Like he's got six 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 tattooed on his chest. <laughs> yeah, it's it's astonishingly good. Very, he's clearly. It feels like he's he's closeted. At oh, there's so it, much. At least when it comes at to Keith. At least when it comes to Keith, there is so much sexual tension. <laughs> the first time we see him and Keith together, and we're just like, "Oh, the two of you need to kiss." Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the middle child is Judy, uh, Judy Gemstone, who is, uh, I mean, she's a psychopath. Oh my god! Like she's she's straight up like she is a a bad person who feels that she's being chronically neglected. And uh, and also, I feel also is trying to live up to this image of her mom, Mamie Lee. Right. She's the only woman left in the Gemstone family. And there's a lot of there are big shoes to fill, because uh, as we mentioned earlier, Amy Lee was a child televangelist star uh, with her brother, Baby Billy. Baby Billy. Uh, Baby Billy and Amy Lee. Uncle and, Baby Billy. <laughs> and she, of course, is, I mean, there's all sorts of sexism that goes into the fact that she basically doesn't get to do shit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. She, but she's also not a... Talented? Not a good person <laughs> and kind of, like, they're all, everyone except for John Goodman in that family is pretty stupid. Uh, it feels like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. A little where bit. Where you can't, every episode is a new... A new depth as to which one of them is the stupid one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit, a bit. They're all spoiled. Yeah, and, and oh yeah. yeah. Which Sometimes is, it's you know, hard to watch. 
It is. Like, like sometimes, you know, watching characters that are just spoiled and dumb isn't fun. This never got boring like right. that. And maybe it's because we're maybe it's because we're atheists and watching a bunch of televangelists just be fucking idiots is amazing. Um, yeah. even though yeah. you know, they're still fucking rich at the end of it. They still have like, you know, they had they built their own amusement park. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. And it, it's like it was for the family. This wasn't an amusement park for other people. This was yeah, literally like every kid got their own fucking roller coaster. Yeah, uh, they, they have a they have family like they have a family property that contains multiple different enormous mansions, and they get around from house to house on golf carts. Like once they've entered the property. Basically, like it's it's uh, it is pretty it is pretty unfathomable to the average person. They have a security force. It's just like and, you know, that's what some of these televangelists are like. Right. That's that's I mean, maybe it it takes it to perhaps a ridiculous extreme, but it's not so ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Um. Uh, what, what, what was the, what was the part you loved? Like what's, what's like a, what's a standout scene or, or moment that, that, or even I'll say plot point where you were just like, Oh fuck. This show is amazing. The standout moment for me was, uh, the, the, it's late at night and the siblings are all talking and Keith shows up and the line is something to the effect of buddy, that shirt's a lot shorter than you think it is. Yeah. Just the front of the tip of Keith's dick is sticking out from under his shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just the the and I mean I will say I I I appreciate the fact that there is a lot of nudity in this show and it's all dudes and mostly yeah, yeah. mostly yeah. old fat dudes. Um, well, that's a that's a Danny McBride show, right? Yeah, like right. that's yeah. for sure. That, we we my... see a lot of Keith's dick. A lot of key sticks. Yeah. I think uh, one of my favorite parts in this for me was the uh all the stuff where they're the they're doing the actual blackmail handoff of the ransom, like in the van with the with like crashing in into it and finding out there's that, that other person in the van afterward, like all that. Like like that is one of the it's tense and stupid. Like it's yeah. great. Like everyone is doing the wrong thing and everyone is behaving poorly and making it worse. And it's great. Uh, uh, like, you know, that, that whole, all of that, the ransoming uh, parts are fantastic. Cause it's like, uh, it's like Fargo. If Fargo was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dumber. <laughs> Dumber. Yeah. Right, yeah. There's, there's I, uh, also that that scene where um the, all the friends get together and uh, the you know Jesse's posse for lack of a yeah, better term yeah. Yeah. and one of the members of his posse has made friendship coins that say we did it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, that's yeah. like the opposite of what we want everyone yeah. to think, man. Like yeah. we want yeah. them to think we did not do it. Yeah. It's like <laughs> and you're kind of like, how did Jesse manage to find? Four guys dumber than him to hang out yeah. with. 
That's yeah, so but that's but that's exactly it. As he needs to feel like king, like the like the smartest guy in the room. So he surrounds himself with people who are dumber than him, yeah. so that he can like, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I my favorite, honestly, was uh, the flashback to Amy Lee and Baby Billy's song "Misbehaving." Yes, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That they sing. I have some of the lyrics up here. Mama told me uh, not to, but I did it anyway. Misbehaving. My yeah. favorite line is uh, uh, "Running through the house with a pickle in my mouth." <laughs> like, oh, those bad kids. And then it's like we met that man in the thorny crown. He taught us that tricks and mischief lead to satan and like it's just it's such a like perfect kid song that like it's yes. catchy it's and and when they first start everyone's like oh they're singing the song and there's like a little tap dance number in the yep. middle and like oh my god i just uh so when when judy judy and and, and uh jesse and kelvin call him uncle baby billy yes yes because his name is baby billy so they call him uncle baby billy and that just ends me it's so southern it's so southern Southern, and i love it so much and you know how like with dogs like we've got peaches and you know my sister's dogs are her cousins we say you know whatever but like my dad's got a puppy and so we call him uncle baby zeppelin (laughs) Because like, he's he's her he's her uncle, but he's a baby, so he's Uncle Baby Zeppelin. <laughs> and he wants all the kids to call his wife Aunt uh, Aunt Tiffany. Aunt Tiffany not, is it and, Tiffany? And, yeah. And she's like maybe a couple of years older than Gideon. She's so young. It's, yeah. It's like it's like she could easily be one of Jesse's children if Jesse oh, had gotten married a little. Oh younger. yeah. Oh um, yeah. It's real bad. It's just oh like, my God. oh, baby yeah, Billy t- is t- such Tiffany. a complete, such a complete, I mean, they're all awful. And yet baby Billy manages to out awful any of them. Walter, yeah. Walton Goggins is like, he's the guy that when you see him, you're like, oh, that guy, oh, Walton yeah. Goggins. But like, he's so good in this. And, and he's so good at playing like that skeezy old guy yeah. who just, who's just got a big smile and you can just tell he's handsy. Like, it's just like, yeah. oh, like he's, he's well, perfectly and, and cast. When we, when we flash back in that episode with Amy Lee, we see that he's married to somebody else and we know it's his fourth wife because he's already had three divorces yeah. and she's yeah. basically the same age as Tiffany. So yeah. right. you got a pretty yes. good idea what this guy does. Yeah. Um, Yep. And, and, uh, I, I love Skylar Gazondo. Uh, he yeah. was in Santa Clarita diet. He was in, uh, book smart. Book smart. He's the, he's the, the rich, rich kid, kid who keeps buying everybody's stuff to try to make them and, and has the party on the yacht uh-huh. that, that they go to. Like he's a great actor, like genuinely yeah. just really good at, he's got such good comedic timing. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. I'll watch I, anything he's in for sure. For sure. Especially after yeah. Book smart. It was just really defining. Yeah, yeah. That uh boy, the money that Judy has squirreled away in the <laughs> in the ceiling or whatever it is yeah. in the church. In the vent. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, I mean, as they as they say, you know, throughout the, the show, they handle so much fucking money. Yeah. So much oh my cash God. at yeah. the church. And like Easter and Christmas and all that. They're big days when they make so much fucking money. You know that like they can't touch that money and it's not their money. It's the church's money, but that doesn't stop them from living in mansions mm-hmm. and having a private jet and having a staff for their houses. 
And you just know that they've found a way to take some of that money for themselves. Well, legitimate, a, you know, legally or illegally, yeah, unethically. Yeah. There, there's a point, there's a point near the end when, um, you know, uh, is it, uh, Steve stuntman, the stuntman asshole. Oh, Scotty, yeah, Scotty, Scotty, the, the, the blackmailer, um, steals money from them. Right. And what does Eli say to it's Kelvin? I think, you know, we got to handle this internally. I don't want anybody digging into our books. Uh Yeah. Yeah. So it's like Eli is oddly one of the most decent members of this family. And yet he's a complete shyster. Oh Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. uh, Crook. Crook. Yeah. Crook. That's a bad term. Uh, Pardon my, pardon my use of that, that, uh, that term. He's a, he's just a complete crook. He is, he's willing to take down any other church that he needs mm-hmm. to take down to consolidate yeah, power and money. Yeah. Um, he clearly loves the luxury that comes with his role and believes that he is entitled to it. Um, and something I've always liked. I thought John Goodman is really great at that. He does in this role in the show is, he is a looming and intimidating presence when he mm-hmm. wants to be. He can go from sunny, happy, smiling, nice guy, innocent as can be, to like a like a kingpin like figure who is looking down and and really you know darkening your doorway. He's a big dude. And and in this, it's not just like his physical presence; it's also this the presence of their ministry of their, you know, string of churches that are, you know, billion dollar industry or whatever. Like he's a bull, he's a bully. Yeah. Like a bully pulpit. But And and yet he also has these moments of really great vulnerability, right? Because he's just lost his wife whom he clearly loved. That it's not just, yes, it, it, it is, it is, he is in a lot of pain. And so the, he finds those moments to make you almost feel sorry for Eli before he shows you just how much of an asshole Eli yeah. is. Well, um, and, and you can tell that this was all for Amy Lee. Like it, it, yep. it, you know, this, this whole thing was built on her faith and her, I mean, for lack of a better term, stardom, right? Like her, you know, and, and I think that that's, you know, it, it uh, Without getting into season two, we, we do learn more about that in season two. We learn a little bit more about Eli, which I, I've been enjoying. But uh, the the thing I love about this particular John Goodman character is it reminds me a lot of uh, the Cyclops he plays. In yes, oh, brother, where art thou? absolutely. The like the the glad handing Christian man who's all of a sudden like a, a monster. I mean, yeah, just like a death. Yep. But like, also, you are really seeing what ha- you're seeing a man who has worked you know, whether or not it's honest work, he has worked hard to grift people out of money. He has worked hard to build a fortune and a name and an empire. And he has done that. And he has given his children anything and everything they could have ever wanted. And he's realizing now how spoiled they are and how much he might've fucked them up by doing that. And, and so now it's like, it's, he's rudderless. He doesn't have Amy Lee. He's trying to figure out how to parent these adult children, literally adult children, you know, and, and it's, you get to see that entitlement, but also you see from the kid's side of like, okay, they grew up with everything, but at the same time, they don't have any power. They don't have any agency. They don't have lives of their own. Their whole life is, 
you know, a gemstone who, who gets money from dad, who has to do what dad says, has to fall in line with what dad wants, you know, like they don't get to have their own, you know, it's very interesting. There's some and really and, interesting and Gideon dynamics. Is, Gideon is a piece of that, right? You know, seeing how Gideon is like expected to follow what the family yeah. has done and that's not what he wants. Right. And, and how he feels that if that's not what he wants, then he has no value to the family. And so and he's, he's, he's punished. Yeah. Like they, they don't talk to him like at the, at the, in the beginning they're, they haven't talked to him in years because he left to go to California and, and be a stunt man. And he forsake his family. Forsook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> forsook. And then, you know, his, Jesse's Stepford wife, uh, oh Amber, God. who's yeah. amazing because uh, as the season goes on, you discover more and more depths to her. Again, yeah. she's also terrible in her own very passive aggressive manner, but, yes. but also sympathetic in that she is playing the Stepford wife and has accepted that her son is not a part of the family anymore because that's what Jesse has said. But is so torn apart by it at the same yeah. time. I was just looking to see what else she's been in that I might've seen her in, but that, she's been in a lot of, uh, a lot of TV. I don't watch like NCIS and yeah. Smallville and CSI and mm. stuff like that. That You know, <clears throat> if there's one complaint I have, that's that Danny McBride as Danny McBride in kind of everything he does that's true, um yeah. you know vice principals or uh I'm trying to think of bound it down was just kind of breakout for this he he's done three shows now on hbo and he's kind of played the same fucking guy on each show he's dumb he's he's you know thinks of himself as a big deal or as worth more than this very like undeserved uh uh grandeur that he he feels he has mm -hmm. is uh is not always super f entertaining like sometimes it gets it gets a little grating and i'm glad that uh this show has such a, a bigger cast that it doesn't rely on him being that character the whole time whereas like eastbound and down he was the star and that was his show and it was about yeah, him yeah. vice principals he is one of like two or three main characters and he is gets the most screen time mm -hmm. on this it's spread out a little bit so i don't get yeah. that like danny mcbride fatigue yeah uh, also, I just real honorable mention to uh, uh, Judy's husband, BJ, <laughs> who is her, her like uh, effeminate, soft spoken, submissive, like uh, wants to be a part of the family, wants to be recognized as like a real gemstone. But they're just living together for now. And then they get engaged. And like it's it's uh, it's it's very it's very funny. Uh, and we, he's we an optometrist in the grocery store. Like yeah, <laughs> we should just, point out Edie Patterson. Um, she was in uh, she was in Knives Out. She was Fran yeah, in yeah. Knives she, Out. Yep, yep. So yep. that's where uh, I think a lot of listeners might might know yeah, him from. Just yeah. the fact that he goes by BJ instead of Ben or Benjamin or Jason or whatever, just is such a good choice for a character that they're all going to pick on yeah. and like kind of devalue. Yeah. It, like BJ is like not a great nickname, not a great name. But it's also so Southern to it go is. by initials. Yep. Cause like probably he's the fifth Benjamin, whatever <coughs> right, in yeah. his family. Right. Jason, like yeah. Benjamin, Jason, Benjamin, Jason. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I I really I mean, obviously there are the expected uh, uh, what was that Steve Martin movie uh, that was all about televangelism? That was really good. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, based on a true story with yeah, the earpieces yeah, and yes. stuff. It, it reminds yeah. me of that in the sense that, like, I don't feel like any uh, any non-believer or anybody with any... Uh, Leap of faith. Uh, or anyone with any, like, amount of cynicism about the Christian religion, especially the uh, prosperity gospel and the televangelist side of Christianity uh, is going to be surprised by the greed and the, you know, the, 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 the faux religiousness of it. But I, I think the what, what's really astonishing is that most of the time when you see these characters portrayed, they do have some modicum of, of faith. Like they actually maybe do believe in some of it, but these characters near as I can tell are as atheist as I am. The only thing they believe in is that uh, saying this stuff gets them money. Yeah. They, and if they use the God language, but it doesn't ever feel like they believe it. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like, I feel like maybe like Jesse does only because he's so stupid. He doesn't realize how, how much that he, he how unchristian he is for how much he talks mm-hmm. and i feel like maybe eli might have like real faith in there somewhere but uh, maybe everyone else no i don't know i uh, adam divine's character might kind of <laughs> similarly be so dumb that he but believes he in god jesus yeah yeah he really yeah uh, well, there's a there's a scene with uh, uh, Jesse Gemstone where he it, it to me it sums up the character perfectly and he just says everybody's going to church God damn it yeah. <laughs> and like that it's just such a like there's times where they're just like well, they'll say to each other Jesus Christ you know like God damn it Jesus Christ you you know like it's just they don't practice what they preach no in any way other than publicly you know they they say grace before dinner. You know, that kind of a thing. They they have a very, yeah. it's very much a status thing to them. They feel like they have been chosen by God to be elevated to a higher status and that they have somehow earned it. And and yeah, it's it's really just, I, I really love it. I really love it. And I'm so excited. Season two has been really good so far. It's streaming now on HBO Max. It's, it's up live. So you're only going to get you know, one a week. Uh, if you want to wait, I understand. But boy, it's been great so far. The first two episodes were just just delightful. So, yeah, you can catch up on season one and season two is right there, uh, which happened for us. I mean, we finished season one like a couple of days before season two dropped and yeah, we watched yeah. it. It was interesting. We watched it with uh, we tried to get both of the kids interested in it. Alex uh, thought it was fine. Devin loves it. So <laughs> that's great, which, you know, so it, our 17 year old is watching a show with all sorts of male nudity, but that, uh, doesn't, that doesn't surprise me because Devin's Devin's a little cynic. Like Devin, is. Devin is very much like he takes pleasure in watching uh, people be brought low. <laughs> 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 and it's like, there's a, there's a scene in the, in the final episode, it's the final episode, I think of season one where uh, Keith has gone back to, uh, to the, the 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 raves and and Kelvin goes to find him and when he finds him the 
the way he finds him, and I'm I can't describe it, but it's just like <laughs> you gotta his, describe it, Tim. Come his, on. He's in this, he's in this milk bath with all sorts of <laughs> with all sorts of tubes, with all sorts of tubes sticking out of him, like he's like he's in the matrix in a matrix pod. Yes, some, yes. Except except his dick is the only part of his body that is is sticking out of this suit. <laughs> God, the when that oh, happened, Devin just lost his shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, it's so funny, but like again, like you know, not to to belabor this, but it's not just about oh fuck televangelists, they're so dumb. It, it is about family dynamics. It's about what money does to people. It's about what people will do once they get to a certain level yes. of wealth and what they're willing to do to hang on to it, and like how how like the thought the thought of them going down even like like a tiny bit in wealth has them all panic the idea of ever having to work the idea of ever having to like it it, they get they get terrified at the thought of having to like sell off land you know lose any of their status uh other churches trying to get in on their their territory and so there's a lot but there's you know the family dynamics as well and then just the whole like you know what what people will do when they are desperate the blackmail plot really shows like you know when you're faced with the evidence of what you've done what lengths they're willing to go to rather than just go to their wives and be like we fucked up which is the christian thing to do is is to admit admit your sin and confess for forgiveness could have you know the beauty is jesse could have gone to his dad and his dad would have greased a couple of palms and it would have been over right right but he it's, couldn't he couldn't admit to him that he did that. Yeah. Yeah. I love when Amber shoots him in the ass when uh, <laughs> she just she just you can tell. I mean, she's obviously grown up uh, uh, yeah. a Christian Southern woman raised in gun culture. She's all about guns. She's got she, the gun yep, club. That's and her all. whole yeah. thing. And so yeah. she just and she just takes aim and you're like, oh, is she going to kill him? No. But he just goes, oh, and like his ass. And it's just <laughs> and, there, and it's it's just such a good like I I. uh I am a Christian, therefore I must forgive, but I'm going to shoot you in the ass so that you don't forget. <laughs> like it was, it was great. It yep. was great. Yep. Uh, anyway, Righteous Gemstones on HBO Max. Really check it out. Uh, cannot recommend it yeah, enough. As, I, as I, a I, listener of this podcast, I would say yes. this is this is absolutely in your ballpark. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, but it's time to move on to five questions. Five Ooh. questions. And we have five weird questions from Adulterated Evil. Hey. Uh, hey, Adulterated uh, Evil. So Adulterated Evil wrote in, this is around uh, uh, late, this earlier, this is in 2021 still. So that's we're, we're working through the questions. But uh, they said, I heard on the radio today that Weird Al just turned 62. And that tidbit inspired these questions five. Nice. Are you prepared? All right. Question one, what's your, oh, also, Adulterated Evil did answer, so I will read their answer as well. We all think of our answers. How's that sound? Okay, 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 that sounds good. All right, question one, what's your favorite Weird Al song? Word Crimes is my current favorite. I suck at grammar, but it still tickles me as it attacks me. Uh, Word (laughs) Crimes being the parody of Blurred Lines. Right. Uh, yes. By, yes. 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 Uh, so, what's your favorite Weird Al song, Nick? So, uh, it's Dare to Be Stupid. Uh, it it is it is a song that is more Devo than Devo. Right. Uh, in the 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 VH1 behind the music uh, on Devo, Mark Mothersbaugh says, you know, he had he they ask him about that song, and he's like, 
I absolutely love it and I hate it because he he out Debo Debo. Like that is like the the epitome of Debo. He got us, he got our style, he got our content. The, the lyrics are perfect. Yeah. And it's on the fucking Transformers movie soundtrack. And it's also it's an original song. He didn't it's yeah. not a it, it is it is not a parody of an existing Devo it's song. It's a style parody. It's a style yeah. parody style of parody. Devo. Really nice. And yeah. he does some good style parody stuff that doesn't get nearly as much uh nearly as much play as the straight up parodies my dad told me that was a devo song and i thought it was and i actually wrote into the current one time uh requesting my favorite devo song dare to be stupid Uh and they wrote and they wrote back and said did you mean the weird l song and i texted my dad and he was like (laughs) 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 yeah yeah (laughs) My God, your parents just gaslit you all over the place. My dad's amazing. No, don't tell you, but this was a one joke. Yeah, no, no. My mother, yes, but my dad's great. All right, Tim, what's your favorite Weird Al song? Uh, I'm going to go with a song. It's another original. It's called Albuquerque, which is this like 10-minute song that is, you know, it's like a story song. It's kind of like Alice's Restaurant in that, you know, it just starts in one direction and and goes careening off in a completely different direction. And it's just never endingly weird, which is exactly what you want from a Weird Al song. And especially some of his original stuff where he just, he, he, again, it's a style parody uh, Mm -hmm. that he really just nails. Who is he? What? Who is he parody, parodying? It's for more. Style? He's more parodying as like a storytelling style song. Okay, like uh, like Alice's Restaurant. It, like it, uh, it is uh, often compared to uh, Mojo J- Nixon and George Thorogood. Oh, okay. As like okay. a driving rock like narrative song. Sure, sure. All right. Uh, my favorite Weird Al song is so I love the polkas. Oh and yeah. I, par- I particularly love the angry white boy polka uh, because <laughs> I was I was very into uh, that that garage rock uh, resurgence that happened in the early aughts, and so all those songs I, I loved. And uh, one of my favorite parts of the angry white boy polka is he actually has to slow down the white stripe song. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas all the other songs speed up, but the White Stripe song slows down a little bit because to match the tempo, which I, I just thought was great. Uh, but I, I love that one. I love the uh, I, I love the way he has to because re- he doesn't swear in his song. So he replaces a lot of the swear words in those songs with funny sound effects and things yes. like that. So, yes. he's, yeah, he's also a really fucking good accordion player. That's, that's yes. one of those things. Masterful. That, yeah. That when you're talking about Weird Al, you, most people don't realize is how good he is at the accordion. Yeah. And honestly, changing his voice to match the, oh my the God, vocal yeah. styles yeah. of the people yeah. he's parodying. He's is a really good vocal comedian. He's he's a yeah. much better singer than I think people give him credit for. I agree. For sure. All right. Question two. What's your favorite Weird Al video? Mm. Tacky is my current fave yeah, video. That's a good one. The continuous shot and celebrity appearances make the corners of my mouth turn up. Uh, favorite Weird Al video, Tim. Uh, you know, I got to go classic. It was really the first Weird Al video. Eat It is such a brilliant parody of the original, <laughs> of the original video, uh, which itself had been played so goddamn well and, and is great. Beat It is a great video. And yeah. the way mm-hmm. that Weird Al was able to, and, and his creative team were able to just nail that video as a parody was is mm-hmm. brilliant. 
Uh, for me, it's uh, uh, Smells Like Nirvana. Yeah. Uh, and the reason is because the video is, again, like Beat It, it's such a good parody of the video. But also, uh, I heard Smells Like Nirvana before I heard Smells Like Teen Spirit. Because I listened uh, to the doctor, I listened to the Doctor Demento show, and so when I first heard that song, I remember I was I talked to my dad about music a lot, and I was like, "Oh my God, there's this band, and they're so funny. They're making fun of themselves, like for being a garage band, and it's great." And and uh, and then like it was days later, I heard the Nirvana song, I was like, "Oh, this is better." But like, <laughs> so that's always gonna hold. That's always gonna hold the soft spot in my heart. Uh, uh, Nick, favorite Weird Al video? Uh, Amish Paradise. Oh uh, yeah. So. Uh, the fact that they so there's so many funny Amish jokes, like <laughs> Ville visual things, the the, like Amish babes porn magazine, and she's just showing her her ankle or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, all the Amish children have beards, yeah. uh, and and uh, I can't remember her name from the movie that the the Coolio song was in. Uh, where she's Michelle the teacher, Pfeiffer? teacher. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, the the it was is, Michelle Pfeiffer. It? Dangerous, yeah. yeah. Dangerous Minds. Yeah, yeah I think, I think that's yeah, right. yeah. yeah. They have a, an actress that looks like her in the Amish uh, uh, garb, like flip the chair around and sit down. Oh and, yeah. Like, talk and like get to know him and learn, you know, what's going on in his Amish mind. And yeah, it's it's a it's a great parody of the original. Uh, there is man when mtv was at its heyday i felt like there was a new weird al video like every six months it was yeah. fucking awesome yeah. yeah there are a lot of videos weird al videos that i really love yeah but yeah. yeah same all right uh question three which musical comedian do you like other than weird al uh adulterated evil says stephen lynch his live performance of lion is one of the youtube videos i've watched the most Hmm. I've never heard of Stephen Lynch. I, I, I looked that up. It doesn't sound. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go old school just because I've I've talked about uh, other uh, musical comedians I love a lot, but I love Steve Martin's uh, musical mm. comedy, and I think that uh, uh, King Tut is one of the greatest <laughs> musical comedy songs. I I first heard it when I was a kid, obviously, and I I love it. I, it's so funny. Uh, he he got to start doing you know musical comedy, and I think that it's. Uh, I think that it's it's very good. I it still holds up to this day. A lot of the stuff he did, you know, yeah. it's it's very great. Uh, Nick, who, who are you picking? Uh, you know, we've we've talked about him a couple of times on the podcast, but uh, Bo Burnham. Fuck yeah, uh, yeah. Bo Burnham is so fucking talented and and so funny, and I I feel like uh, his kind of meta humor. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of his performance is about performing. And it just really speaks to me. And I, I really like him, even though I'm not a musical person or t musically talented in any way. I just, it, yeah, it, it gets to me. You I still, love it. We still recognize it when yes, you see it. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Tim, uh, musical comedian you like other than Weird Al. Yeah, I know. And, uh, you know, I'm so tempted to pick myself here, but I won't. I won't uh, because that would be terrible. Honestly, it's uh, Tom Lair. Uh, which is mm. super old school. That's going back even older than, than Molly. He he's he's kind of a dude who did some of the original parody stuff, like Rickety Tickety Tin, um, or mm -hmm. Irish folk. You know, about a maid. I'll sing a song. Sing Rickety Tickety Tin. He did he did all sorts of really classic comedy songs. Did he um, do back. the Hello Mutter, Hello Fodder? No, that camp? was not him. Okay, okay, that was okay. Not him. That's the only like old, old, old yeah. comedy song I can think of. Okay. But uh, Tom Lehrer would be my, my Tom choice. Lair. L E H E R, I'm guessing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Question four. 
who is your favorite, your, excuse me, who is your current favorite stand-up comedian at the moment? Uh, Adulterated Evil says Taylor Tomlinson. She's a youngish female comedian. Her bit about wanting a man with dreams just so she can crush them is great. <laughs> I haven't seen any Taylor Tomlinson unless I've seen her, you know, as like a bit in a, a, a mescla, like a, you know, they do those mix shows, you know, where they have like a bunch of like bits from comedians kind of all mixed together. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen any of her stuff. I'll have to look her up. Uh, current favorite stand up comedian at the moment, Tim. Uh, you know, I don't watch a ton of uh, stand up, uh, a lot less than you two, but the one that uh, Pat and I have watched most of recently, and it's uh, comedy, stand up comedy is a little weird when you uh when you describe her this way but hannah gadsby oh sure yeah really i mean it's funny but it's also poignant and smart and Mm -hmm. thoughtful and anyway uh, i really like her stuff and you can find it on netflix i think yeah you definitely can you definitely can i've heard i've heard a lot of good things about hannah gadsby so like i uh you know i was thinking of picking someone more more current yeah but i just kept coming back to bill hicks oh yeah um and i know like a lot of his comedy hasn't really aged well uh necessarily but he's kind of in that vein like like george carlin where uh you know he had a lot to say back in the day that about the powers that be and and how you know people have more in common and we're all being duped Mm -hmm. uh which should be a, a uniting thing and not a dividing thing. And just his comedy is so fucking dark uh, that I, that was like the first comedian I saw that I was like, holy shit, this is like, wow, this yeah. is very depressing kind yeah. of. Uh, and that, that just really struck a chord with me that uh, has never been unstruck. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I have two, I just got to mention, but I, I'm, cause I was going to say Daniel Sloss, yes. who I do really love and, uh, is very dark and you should look up his stuff. It's great. But I think I'm going to go with Mark forward Oh, uh, oh because shit, yeah. he is, he, so he plays coach on letter Kenny, uh, the coach of the hockey team, the one who's always kicking the trash can and saying, it's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> uh, but his standup is amazing. And he is a master of, uh, making fun of the audience and like he he when we saw him live he has you know a bit where it's like i'm gonna this is and he'll say like this is uh this is the part where i'm gonna lose about about a quarter of the audience and he'll he'll tell some jokes or whatever and he's like okay okay yeah somebody said oh here's this is the part where usually i lose and out the next about half of the remaining audience and like it's it's very funny it's not often that I like a comedian who giggles at his own jokes, but he yeah. giggles incessantly at his own jokes and it works. Like it doesn't feel like he thinks he's so funny. It's more like he knows that you're going to laugh at what he's about to say. And he kind of can't wait to see your reaction to the fucked up thing he's about to say. <laughs> uh, he's Canadian. So he's got a lot of really biting humor about the U S that's yeah. really great. Like just Which we as deserve. somebody. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. That was on the letter. Kenny tour. He, a lot of his comedy was about like, like, all right, well, sorry, Americans. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, his 9-11 joke is the funniest 9-11 joke. And, it, and it's a great example of when someone says, you know, it's not appropriate to tell jokes you about a tragedy like 9-11. Funny. Yeah. I, I feel like that is my go-to Yeah. Uh, from him every time. It's It cracks me up 
every fucking time if you I Google hear it, it's Mark, so funny. Mark forward 9-11 joke, you'll probably find it. It's, it's long. It's, it's yeah, worth it. A lot of his stories are or jokes are real long. He tells narrative. stories yeah. like that end up being ridiculous. Like the, the like, chipmunks yeah. and the stuff yeah, yeah, and all that yeah, shit. Oh yeah. my god. Okay, and then finally, uh, question five. What's your favorite groaner dad joke? Adulterated Evil says, why did it take Princess Leia so long to find love? She was looking at Alderaan places. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to tell mine because it's long and you guys can think of yours just to make sure you have them. But uh, right. So this has been my favorite joke since I was a little kid. All right. A rope walks into a bar oh. and the bartender says, I'm sorry, we don't serve ropes in here. And the rope's like, you got to be kidding me. He's like, get out, no ropes. And the dejected, the rope slumps out. He tries again the next day, he walks into a bar and the bartender says, ha ha, nope, nope, nope. No ropes. We don't serve ropes in this bar. And the rope says, come on, man, I just want a drink. I got money. Bartender says, no ropes. Get out of here. <sighs> the rope sighs and he slams out the door. The next day, the rope gets an idea. And he ties himself all up and he pulls out some of his strands and he, he, he looks at himself. He's like, yeah. And he, he makes his way into the bar and the bartender looks at him and strokes his chin and says, hey, wait a minute. Aren't you that rope from before? And the rope says, nope, I'm afraid not. <laughs> hey. <Yeah. laughs> I stole right, one. Hey. I stole one from friend of the show, Eric Knight. All right. uh, because he always asks people for their best their best jokes at the festival, and this is uh, this is his best dad joke from Shelter. this year, which I think is a great dad joke. Did you hear about the Italian chef who was gravely ill? No, he passed away. Oh, Oof. that's terrible! That's Oof. terrible. Man. All right, Nick. I, I was I was having a hard time coming up with of uh, the best, my favorite one. Yeah, yeah. But I know one that stuck out to me is. Uh, do you know why the uh, the bicycle stopped working? No, why no. did the bicycle stop working? It was too tired. Uh, <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Adulterated Evil. We appreciate you sending in so many sets of five questions. Uh, if you want to send us five questions, you can do that by sending in your questions to fivequestions at geeksthatguy.com. <sighs> We need them. Uh, yeah, we're, we're running, running out of questions from Adulterated Evil, for God's sake. Adulterated Evil sent us like six sets of questions, and yeah. we're still we're, we we need some more, please, because we're we're getting low. Uh, uh, we we may come up with a new set of five questions on our own to have you all answer, but Ooh. I don't know. I mean, we, if we do that, it's not going to be for a little while, but uh, just, you know, that's not a reason to not send in five questions. God damn it. Send in five questions. They can be about anything. They don't have to have a theme like adulterated evils did just now. They can be about whatever you like. Uh, that said, if you want to send them to us, please do it. We love hearing from you on Facebook when we post on the episodes. Leave us comments, send us posts, whatever. We'd love to hear what you thought. And did you watch The Righteous Gemstones? Did you love it? Did you hate it? What did you think about it? We want to hear. Uh, you can always send us emails at all at geeks.god.com. We're getting our website up and running. It's the pandemic. Everyone's doing what they can. It will get fixed. Don't worry about it, but it works for now. So be fine. Uh, you can follow us on Patreon or support us on Patreon, even better. Uh, just $1 a month would get you early access to these episodes. And we don't say things like you should buy Bomba socks or stamps.com. <laughs> and do you know why? That's because this episode, this whole podcast, this whole time, no ads. Oh, but you just said it. And it's not because they haven't tried. Because no, no, we, we, we wanted to buy Bomba socks because they're great. 
They I don't are. give a shit about Bomba socks. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care how many socks they give to other people. Fuck Bomba socks. Don't buy shit. Just keep your money. Capitalism sucks. We've been geeks without God. Power to the people. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Talking about being atheist, misbehaving. We're geeks. We're geeks. We're geeks without God. Need more Geeks Without God? Go to our website, read our blog posts, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. Social media! We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. So, like, now that we're not recording, so that first episode...